Amen. Amen. Well, guys, if you have your Bibles, uh, we are going to be in Psalm 128 as we continue our study through the Psalms of Ascent. And uh, if you're one of those people that likes to take notes, you'll uh, notice we didn't have bulletins when you walked in. Again, we're trying to limit contact, but, uh, but we do this cool thing now. And so uh, if you like to take notes, uh, what you can do is pull out your phone real quick. And uh, we've got three screens that you can look at. And uh, you can point your phone at one of those screens and kind of zoom in. And uh, it should uh, say opensermons.church in Safari. And when you click on that, uh, it'll take you to our online sermon notes. It's also a bulletin. Uh, now, if, if you want, we've also got, we sent out, we email you guys uh, a link to these things. And you can always print them from home. Uh, but this is kind of cool. So when you open it up and you use it on your, uh, on your phone, it has all the scripture that I'm going to cover. Uh, you, can, you can actually go to other passages in the Bible. Uh, it's got fill in the blank, so you can, you can type in the fill in the blanks. Uh, you can also take additional notes. And when it's all said and done at the very bottom of that screen, um, you can email yourself the notes which is cool, and so you can always have a digital copy of what has gone on and what we've done here. And so we, we're just encouraging it. We're not saying you have to do it again. We email uh, out a, a full PDF that you can print at home and bring with you, but again, we're just trying to cut down on contact. Now, guys, uh, I'm going to be in Psalm 128. Before I, I read it, uh, I'd like us to join in a word of prayer, if you don't mind. Father, thank you for loving us, and God, thank you for your word. We know that your word is, is true. We know that it's good. We know that it's right. And Father, we know that our hearts, when we have a problem with your word, it's not your word that's at fault. God, it's us. And so Father, just um, by your Holy Spirit in a sweet, soft, sensitive way, would you bring about conviction in our life if there's anything in us that wants to oppose your word? Father, would you show us the truth that we might live and, and be different because of what happens here? Holy Spirit, we want to invite you now to come and take your place as our teacher we ask for wisdom, that you would help us see Jesus clearly, that we would want him more than anything else, and that we would be empowered to leave this place and live for him and for his kingdom and his glory. In Jesus' name, we pray all these things. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, Psalm 128, and here is what the word of the Lord says. It says, how happy is everyone who fears the Lord. How happy is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You will surely eat what your hands have worked for. You will be happy and it will go well for you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children like young olive trees around your table. In this very way, the man who fears the Lord will be blessed. May the Lord bless you from Zion so that you will see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life and will see your children's children's uh, children's children Peace be with Israel. Uh, three things I want to share with you this morning. According to this text, this song, remember what's going on is, is uh, the Israelites would sing these songs as they're making the journey back to Jerusalem, back to the city of God. And, and so uh, we, we, we've kind of called this study a sin. Uh, we, we felt distant from God at times. And so what do we do? We sing these songs when we feel that distance. And, and so these, these last two psalms are interesting because they talk a little bit about family, which we'll get to in a second. But here's how it starts. Um, it, it starts in, in verse 1. It says, How happy is everyone who fears the Lord who walks in His ways. And so here's the first thing I want you to see, guys. There is a joyous blessing that only comes from fearing God. There's a joyous blessing that only comes from fearing God. Like, that's the only way you can get this particular blessing. Now listen, God, uh, God is gracious. So, uh, anyone uh, able to testify that God has blessed you at times when you didn't deserve it? 
Amen? Right? Because God's good. Right? We just sing that. God, you're so good. God blesses us sometimes when we don't deserve it. So sometimes we've done nothing worthy of, of a blessing, but God blesses us anyway. But there are some things, there are some blessings that God reserves for those that do certain things. Okay? And, and so this is what this is, is talking about in this psalm. It, it, it literally says, in, in verse 1, I'll put it on the screen, it says, How happy is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. And, and that word happy is interesting. Because it, it, it can be translated happy, but it's also translated blessed. Blessed. And so this whole psalm is talking about this blessing. That's why we've said that there is a joyous blessing that only comes from fearing God. And, and, and so it, it's interesting because Jesus uses the New Testament equivalent of this word in, in his, his most famous sermon, right? Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Matthew chapter 5 is where it begins. And he begins with the Beatitude. And some translations uh, will we'll read like this. So, so this is a summary of 5, 1 through 10. Uh, Jesus says, Blessed are. And, 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 and it, each one starts with, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the humble. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted. And, and some of those things don't sound like blessings. Other translations, though, will, will correctly also translate it, happy are those. Because that word carries the same weight as this Old Testament word, right? That God is saying, listen, blessed or happy, there's a certain joyous blessing that only comes to those people. And, and the second part of that is that fear the Lord. And what does that mean, right? Because that word definitely can mean to, to be afraid of. It, it, it does speak of fear, but it also carries a sense of morality, and, and, and so when we talk about it, we're really talking about a word that we would use called reverence. And what reverence is, is a, is a deep understanding of who you are and who God is, right? And, and, and so that's why it has this sense of morality attached to it. So when we talk about fearing God, it's not just that I'm afraid of God, rather that it's I see how good God is, I see how powerful God is, I see how holy God is, and I recognize I'm not worthy of that, right? And so I, I approach God in in reverence, understanding that God is so good and that I am not. And, and so the Bible says here in the very first verse of Psalm 128 that, that people are blessed. There's a joyful blessing that God reserves for His children when they remember how good He is and they recognize their need for Him. Does that make sense? Okay? It's awesome. It's awesome. So listen, those that do this, there's, there's a special blessing, a joyous blessing that God reserves for that. Now, uh, that brings me to the second point, guys, is that this blessing is only realized when we choose to live in accordance with God's ways. This blessing is only realized when we choose to live in accordance to God's ways. And uh, listen... I'm going to highlight some different words here in verse 1 this time. It says, how happy is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His way. So what does it mean to fear the Lord? What, 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 what does reverence really look like? Right? That's the question. And, and reverence, according to, to this passage, really looks like walking in the ways of God. Now, now, we break those words down again. To walk, what does it mean? It means to go. It means to come. It means to move. For me, as I was praying through this passage this week, it, it, it emoted just kind of kind of in my, my spirit, uh, Deuteronomy 6 and, and Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 6 is, is a prayer that the people of God would repeat every single day. And, uh, and so I, I want to read it with you. It's called the Shema. 
Deuteronomy 6, starting in verse 4. It says, listen, Israel, or hear, O Israel, other translations say, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. These words that I'm giving to you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hands. Let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorpost of your household. And, and, and what, what God is saying is like, hey, listen, no matter where you go, no matter when you come, this is what I'm talking about. Fear me, honor me, live for me. In uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28, God speaks a blessing over his children, and it's a blessing about obedience. So you can't, can't, can't miss that. And so it begins in verse 1 saying, Now, if you faithfully obey the Lord your God, and you're careful to follow all of his commands that I'm giving you today, listen, the Lord God is going to put you above all the other nations of the earth. And it says all of these blessings are going to come and overtake you. And I'll just read the last uh, of these blessings uh, in verse 6. Well, it's not the last because it goes on in verse 7. But in verse 6 it says, You will be blessed when you come in, and you'll be blessed when you go out. Right? And, and again, so, so this blessing is realized when we choose to live in accordance with God's ways. Psalm 128 verse 1, uh, how happy is everyone who fears the Lord who walk in His ways. And, and to walk means to go and to come. And, and so what, is it, what, what does His ways mean? What does that mean? Again, in Hebrew, it, it can just mean way, right? It, it can literally mean way, but it also means direction, manner, habit, uh, course of life, and, and, and character, right? And if, if you're wondering, well, what, is, what does that look like? We, we have to look no further than Jesus. I mean, all of the Old Testament points to Jesus, who's the Son of God. Jesus shows up and He says, listen, if you've seen Me, you've seen the Father. And, and you wonder, what does it look like to walk in the ways of God? And the answer is Jesus. Jesus says in John 14, 6, right, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am. And no one comes to the Father except by me. In the book of Philippians, Paul, also talking about following the way of God, right? Talking about the same blessing, right? Blessed are those who, who walk in the ways of God. He instructs the church in Philippi. He says, adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. So listen, if, if, if you're looking for the way... If you're trying to figure out how to live, you need to have the same mind or the same attitude of Christ. Because what does that word way mean? Again, it, it, means, it means manner, habit, course of life, or character. And Paul is saying, like, listen, if you're struggling figuring out what to do, anybody ever struggle figuring out what to do? Okay. If you ever read your Bible and you question, what should I do? If you ever find yourself in a situation and you go, what should I do? Here's the answer, ready? What would Jesus have done? That's the answer. Jesus is the way. He's the one that we look. This is why the author of Hebrews says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. He's the author and the perfecter of our faith. And so, listen, I, I, I know this sounds simplistic, doesn't it, church? I mean, we could, I could show up and preach this message every week. What are we doing? Here's the answer. Ready? His name is Jesus. We have to fix our eyes on him. We have to live like him. We have to have his attitude towards, towards God. He loved his father. He was obedient to his father. Jesus says to us, listen, if you love me, you've got to obey what I command. Right? So he loved his father. He walked in obedience to his father, but he also loved people. 
loved people. When other people would say, hey, hey, Jesus, no, you shouldn't let those people, those people around you. Jesus said, no, I'm here for those people. That attitude, that's the attitude of Christ that we have to have as we walk through life. If you ever wonder, what should I do? What way should I go? The answer is Jesus. The answer is Jesus. Which brings me to just the third part of this psalm. And uh, it seems weird, seems out of place. I'm just going to say it, okay? Here it is. According to this psalm, the family is meant to be a foundational part of God's joyous blessing in our life. Okay? According to this psalm, the family is meant to be a foundational part of God's joyous blessing in our life. And so uh, it begins talking about how, how happy, how there's a joyous blessing that only comes to those who fear God. Uh, it explains to fear God means to walk in His ways. And then it begins to talk about marriage and family. And, and I don't know about you, but I asked myself this question this morning, why? Right? Because the last psalm was about family. You guys remember that? How blessed is the man that has, has a, a, a quiver full of arrows. And so that was about family. Now this one's about family. So, so what's going on here? Well, families are taking a road trip. That's what's going on. Come on. Come on, families. How many people ever taken that long road trip with your children? Right? Yes. It's a blessing, isn't it? <laughs> and I think what the Lord is doing is He's reminding His children. This is a song they would sing on the road trip. Right? So you're on the road trip. You're singing about God. You're singing about His goodness. And then the kids start going, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there? I gotta go to the bathroom. You just went to the bathroom. There's no stop around here, okay? Like go, I guess you're gonna go bury something in the dune over there. And, 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 and listen, I mean, this is it. And so, so listen, why would God put two psalms here, both focused on the family, in the middle of them? Why would He do that? I believe He does that to remind us that family is a special blessing. And it's easy sometimes. Like, like listen, we've been doing life with family, amen? Like the last three months, we've done life with family in some ways. We haven't done life with family in a while. I mean, not going out to eat anywhere. And we do, where we're going to eat? We're going to eat here. Like, hey, let's go out tonight. You show up at your favorite restaurant, and they're like, nope, we're not doing any dining. So we're going to, as a family, eat in the car. That's lovely. Right? And sometimes God says, hey, I just want to remind you that this family thing, it really is a huge blessing, Okay? It's a huge blessing, but, but it, I, I want you to see uh, this text does instruct us what the family is supposed to look like. You see, because the, found, because the family is a foundational part of God's plan, uh, the family is, is under attack. And you say, what, where, where do you get that it's foundational? I, I get that it's foundational all the way back in, in Genesis when, when God sees Adam and he says uh, there's no suitable helper for him, and so he makes for him a wife. That's what he makes is a wife. He doesn't make a, a, another brother or another friend. He makes for him a wife. And then he says the two uh, are going to become one flesh. And you're going to multiply and you're going to fill the earth. And, and God ordains marriage. And, and then God, God blesses marriage. And, uh, and, and then throughout the Bible, I see, see that first family is, is the foundational institution for everything else we have in life. Education starts in the home. Government starts in the home. Healthcare starts in the home. So all of the things in society that we've built up, all of those things find their foundation in family and in God's design. And guys, what I want you to understand is right now in our world, and it's not just right now, it's been going on for centuries, but, but because the enemy understands the importance of the foundation of family, he attacks the foundation of family. And that's going on everywhere you look. Everywhere you look, no matter where you turn, people are attacking God's design for family. And so I just want to remind you what we believe as Christians. 
Uh, we, we take this uh, flat off of our website. This is under our statement uh, of faith. If you ever want to go look at it, it's under the about of. And um, it's two pages. I'm going to read it to you. Uh, we, we believe God has ordained the family as the foundational institution of human society. It is composed of persons related to one another by marriage, blood, or adoption. Marriage is the uniting of one man and one woman in covenant commitment for a lifetime. It is God's unique gift to reveal the union between Christ and His church and to provide uh, for the man and the woman in marriage the framework for intimate companionship, the channel of sexual expression uh, according to biblical standards and the means for procreation of the human race. And listen, that's under siege today. And, and, and it's, it's under siege everywhere you turn. There's, there's an attempt to normalize uh, something that God would not ordain, something that God would, would, not, would not bless. And, and, and it's going on everywhere we look, everywhere we look. And, and in fact, even, in, I mean, right now we're, we're focused on, on equality, which we should be. But, but some of the loudest voices for equality right now uh, want to see a destruction of, of the way that God has ordained family. And, and, and we have to realize those things. And listen, I, so I'm, I'm saying, listen, you, can, you, you don't have to choose a side. You can be for equality, and you can stand up and say, listen, uh, God's design for marriage and family is the absolute best. And, and listen, there is a, a joyous blessing, foundational, deep in your life, that you can only receive when you do this God's way. When you do this God's way, right? So what, what do we do when we begin to kind of grapple with Psalm 128 and, and we understand, uh, you know, as the Bible would say, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When we become, be, begin to come wise and say, okay, I, maybe I'm not fearing the Lord like I should. And by fearing the Lord, I mean I'm not walking in His ways. And so I just want to say this to you guys. This is really, really foundational and important is that fearing the Lord is not a belief. It's a behavior. Okay. I think the belief sparks the behavior, but if there's no behavior, then there's not a true fear of the Lord. There's not true reverence. And so, so it has to result in, in behavior. And I skipped a slide earlier, which we don't have to put up, but, but it makes me think about the story of Abraham and Isaac, right? story of Abraham and Isaac, God shows up to Abraham, says, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Abraham says, yes, Lord, I'll go. Uh, and, then, and then eventually he has a son. God says, I want you to take your son, your one and only son, the one in, in whom you put all your hope and your trust. And I want you to realize that it's me that all your hope and trust should be in. So I'm going to ask you to take your one and only son up to the mountain, and, and, and I'm going to ask you to sacrifice him there to me. And so uh, Abraham does what he, he is, is called to do by God. He finally raises the knife, and then right, the angel of the Lord cries out, wait, now I know that you fear the Lord. And so we're talking about not just a belief, but a behavior. It's an action that comes out of our belief that God is good, that He's powerful, that He's right, that He's just, and that we are not, that we need Him. And so what do we do when we understand those things? We start here uh, by returning to a place uh, of honoring God and respecting God. Returning to a place of honoring God and respecting God is, uh, is where we begin. That's huge, Right? And, and so uh, Jesus is a friend. Uh, I, I, if you want a little laugh, go home and Google uh, Jesus is a friend of mine. Okay, just go Google it. It's an old school song uh, that they were Jesus is a friend of mine. Ooh, 
his friend. He is my friend. It's great. It's great. You'll love it. And uh, so just go Google that. It's awesome. Uh, Jesus is a friend of mine. It's a great little... And it was, it was just an older song, but I'm just saying, you, you, like in today's standards, you're kind of watching it go, and it makes me chuckle a little. It makes, now, that may, that may have been your jam back in the day. I'm not trying to offend you. I'm just... Uh, we, we have a tendency, though, I, I think, I think we have a tendency to focus so much on the friendship of Jesus that we, we forget his, his, his whole character. Right? Because Jesus certainly does say, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Jesus is a friend of sinners, so he, he lets everyone come to him. But before he releases them, he says, go and sin no more. He, he, he looks at them and loves them and he says, now go be holy because I'm holy. And we have a tendency to just focus on the come to me part and not the now leave me being holy part. And you, you can't, you can't uh, separate those two. You can't separate those two. And, and, and so listen, we have to return to a place that we honor and respect God. We have to return to a place of reverence. Second thing we have to do, guys, is we have to allow God's word the ultimate authority in our life. We have to allow God's word, the ultimate authority in our life. Our men are doing a Bible study right now uh, together, and, and we have a Zoom call every week, and, and it's not hard. It doesn't take a lot on your part. You just, you know, let us know. We, we send out an email with the, with the link. Uh, we're watching a 20-minute video with Tim Keller every week, and he's discussing uh, deep questions with people that don't believe in God. And this week, one of the things that came up constantly was somebody says, well, I, I just don't feel, I just don't feel like that part of the Bible applies today. I just don't feel it. I don't feel like that's right. I feel like that part of the Bible needs to be updated. That's what I feel. And, and listen, feelings are important. Sometimes uh, God's actually given us feelings. There are some feelings uh, when, when you feel scared, you're meant to run. It's, it's supposed to happen. Other times you feel scared, you're meant to fight. Uh, but there are, are a lot of feelings that we experience that are not from God. That's why the Bible says that we're supposed to test the Spirit. I, I've been tried to be very open with you guys. I, I went through a season in my life that I didn't feel like living. I didn't even realize that was going on. Uh, it just kind of, uh, I, I, I had felt a little, you know, loneliness and weepiness and, and, and crying all of a sudden. And man, it hit me one day like a ton of bricks and I realized uh, this, this like, hey, I don't want to be here. And it, it, it shook me. But I didn't act on it because I knew that that feeling wasn't from God. So I had to speak the truth to myself. I had to, had to preach the gospel to myself. I had to understand who God was. I had to test the Spirit. So, okay, this isn't of God, and I had to seek help, right? And, and, and so, listen, what I'm going to say is your feelings are going to lie to you. And so we live in this world that says, well, I just don't feel like that. Here's the problem with feelings. If you allow your feelings to dictate what you believe is truth, I'm kind of, this word, uh, this phrase is getting a little old for me. I'm just going to speak my truth. Listen, uh, if truth is all based upon how you feel, then there is no real truth. Because how you feel changes every day. But guess what? No matter how you feel, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. And, and then the sun's going to set. And the sea's going to stop at a certain point, right? I mean, regard, you say, I don't feel like there's gravity, but if you jump off the building, you're going to break a leg. I mean, that, that's what's going to happen. Those things, there, there's something greater going on than how you feel. And the Bible would say that something greater is God. And that God has set all things into motion. And this God who has made everything that we see and everything that we don't see has told us what is good, what is right, and what is, what is best and blessed according to His design. And so we have to allow His design authority over our feelings. 
All right, so we've got to return to that place. Third, we've got to focus on doing family God's way. And I'm running over. I've got to wrap it up. We told you guys 45 minutes. We've got to focus on doing family God's way. That's one man, one woman, for life. That's also that, that in that marriage, that's where we find our sexual uh, fulfillment. Uh, that's where we find intimacy, which doesn't have to do with sexual fulfillment. Intimacy, friendship, all those things are found in that covenant relationship. Okay? Which brings to the last point is then we joyfully receive God's blessing. We joyfully receive the blessing of God. There is a special blessing when you commit your life to doing things God's way, when you surrender to His authority and you walk in His ways. There's a special joyous blessing that you can only receive that way. And so uh, I pray this week that you'll think and you'll meditate on that. I'm going to pray for us. Ms. Catherine's going to close us out with some announcements. Father God, thank you for loving us. We um, thank you for your word. We thank you for its power and its truth. And we ask by the power of your Holy Spirit that we would be changed from the inside out and that we would live according to your ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.